Hello and welcome to Rewind Design. I am your host and also local interior designer up here in Georgian Bay and Muskoka, Katie McNabb. I am the founder of Rewind Design. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. You've landed in season two of the podcast, which is focusing on environmental issues around cottage country. So we're going to talk a lot about protecting our shorelines, talk a lot about the architecture of the area and how we can build better build green, build sustainable, lots of stuff like that. This season, season two, has actually been funded generously by the Georgian Bay Land Trust in the form of their King Family Bursary. So I just wanted to say a big shout out to the Georgian Bay Land Trust and a big thank you for supporting me in this venture. On today's episode, we have a very exciting episode. I'm really, really always, well, I'm always excited to share episodes, but this one, we had a great conversation. So I'm really excited to share that with everybody. We have Vanessa Fong from VFA Architecture here on the show today. She has a studio in Toronto that does architecture and interior design services that focus on sustainable building as well as heritage restoration. They do a lot of that in Toronto. She has over a decade of architectural experience from interior design, master planning, and she actually established her own firm, which is called VFA in 2014. So she has a team of really energetic creators that commit to thoughtful and beautiful design, no matter the budget, scale, or medium. So I had an amazing conversation with her. We talk a lot about sustainable building, energy efficiency when building, as well as um, protecting our landscape and shorelines. We talk a lot about that. We talk about one of her projects on Lake Joseph, which I found fascinating. So we'll get into that later in the episode. But yeah, I won't talk too much in this intro because our conversation was amazing. So I would just stay tuned if you're interested. And yeah, thank you so, so much, Vanessa, for taking part. I really appreciate all your advice and you're a huge inspiration. So again, thank you so much to VFA and Vanessa Fung for participating in this interview. Thank you so much as always for listening. And if you love the podcast, please share it with your family and friends. Follow along on Spotify or Apple Music and give us five stars. All right. And that's all. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy this week's episode. Okay, well, I just wanted to say thank you so much, and I wanted to welcome you to the podcast Rewind Design, and my name is Katie McNabb. I'm your host, and who do I have with me today? Hi, I'm Vanessa Fong. I'm an architect in Toronto. Mm -hmm. work uh, in Toronto, but also in Muskoka, which I know is uh, your little hot topic. Yeah. (laughs) I know, I know. So maybe we can just start off with, you've given us your name, and can you tell us maybe where you're from Mm -hmm. Um, and where you live now? Like, how, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> I don't know. You can start from the beginning. <laughs> well, I was born. No. Um, so I, I pretty much, I, I was born in London, England, actually. Oh. Um, but moved here when I was a kid. Yeah. Okay, whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like that's a, a lot. Whole, whole other, yeah. Um, but pretty much grew up in, in Toronto, Ontario area. Um, and I eventually made my way to Montreal, McGill, to do my undergrad and master's. Mm-hmm. And then post-grad, I ended up back in Toronto for work. So that's how, that's how I'm here now. And how did you like Montreal and studying there? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was, I mean, to be a student there was so amazing. It's an affordable city from a lifestyle perspective that you could do so much in that city. And that's, I actually tried to 
stay and work there at the end of the day. But uh, the bad thing is nobody was willing to pay students <laughs> in Montreal. And the hub of the design center would have been Toronto. Anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. The opportunities were here. So mm-hmm. I eventually um, got a great uh, job offer and so I decided to make a move back. Made your move here and now you're still here. And now I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. That's awesome. And then, so you were working for a while for some other companies, some notable mm-hmm. architecture companies, mm-hmm. right? And then you started your own company. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through kind of how that endeavor started? Like what sparked you to want to go off on your own and build your own company? Yeah, sure. Um, I think in the back of my mind, I always knew I I wanted to do my own thing, and I did, but I didn't really know in what form that would be. Um, and in my previous um, position, uh, I guess the last one was I was a director at Raw Design, where we did a lot of development work. So large scale city blocks, you know, multi unit residential with commercial at the base, um, which I really enjoyed doing, uh, but it. it didn't have, I think, a level of human design, which I was then really, really craving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, you I know, totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so then I was, I was, I was trying to kind of like get that going at raw, but it just, it didn't work with the kind of business strategies. So, um, you know, enter in life and I get knocked up and become pregnant <laughs> <laughs> with a couple kids. And, um, I think on my last, uh, mat leave, I had twins and I was just, I couldn't go back. Like with my first pregnancy, I went back to work at like six months. It was doable. But then with like the twins, it just was not. I'm a twin too. Are you? Yes, oh my God. I struggle two at once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're like, you're like understand yes, the chaos. I was on the, um, not the receiving side, the giving side. Yeah, yeah, that, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like love them to death, but it was it was a tough couple. Um, so, um, while I was on mat leave with the twins, I actually started to just thinking about you know I had this very utopian vision. I was like, oh, I'll start my company and I'll like raise my babies and it'll be so great and I'll have like one project to like pick away at yeah. while I raise them. And then that was like totally not the case yeah. because I think once I I kind of put my name out there that I was starting my own firm. Inundated with responses yeah yeah and it was like you know the best situation too like I'm so 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 grateful that you know a lot of my colleagues within architecture and interior design just start recommending me and then just like lots of calls coming in it's a small industry too right and there's so much work I feel like everyone's yeah exactly there's so much work especially just being in Toronto it's um you know we're very fortunate in that way so it things just kind of like took off and then just you know, that was how many years ago? That was... <laughs> so I started to 2014. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. was like nine years ago then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then can you just say what the name of your firm is? Uh, Vanessa Fong. No. No. Sorry. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name. It's That's <laughs> VFA Architecture and Design. Yeah. But I mean, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Named yeah. after you though, right? Yeah. I yeah. Assume? Yes, it okay. is. I like. I, I only. I'm laughing because like when I first started, I was like, yeah, Vanessa Fong architect. And then when I actually got incorporated, I changed it because I was like, oh, I have to drop drop your own name. my personal name from it. Especially if I feel like growth. you're wanting to grow. It, like, yes. do you want to have your name connected with it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so many people do that when they're just like on their own, and it's totally fine. Sole proprietor, you can do that if there's yes. just one of you. But I think there are big names that 
do that still, I think, but it's harder it's just, to dissociate yeah, yourself. The, the person from the corporation. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And that was and actually the identity of yeah. the company versus just you yourself. Completely. And I think that's one of my regrets is like when I started, I literally thought it was just going to be me for, you know, how many number of years. Right. right? So I was like, Oh yeah, it's just like Vanessa Farm Architect. It's yeah. fine. And now I can't disassociate it. Yeah. You're like, right. Vanessa Architect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of like in some ways wish I named it differently, but I, I like it. Little I like it. <laughs> it's easy to remember too. The BFA. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And all the letters are like, yeah. 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 Very angular. angular. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 It worked. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so when you first started, it was obviously just you, like you mm-hmm. said, and then I guess in the last nine years, how has it grown and progressed? Yeah. Um, I think it, it's been a very kind of like steady growth in some ways. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Like it took me a while to kind of like make that first leap to hire somebody. Cause it's this kind of like worry yeah. of like, can I afford, you know, now I'm responsible for paying somebody. Yeah. To win the over yeah. I have to like keep a certain income coming in. Um, but you know, once I did it, it was like a great learning lesson for myself because I was like, Oh, now I actually can have the time to spend on that like other things in the mm-hmm. business that need attention as well. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think just in 20, I want to say in 2019, we were like nine people and then now we're about 12 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, that's great. Yeah. So, and then we've, I think we've been pretty steady at around 12 people for the past year or two now. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the sort of like people around the table have changed a little bit. So at first was, we were purely architecture based and now we have, um, both an, like an interior designer design team as Mm -hmm. well as architectural team. Mm -hmm. So three sort of like trained interior designers, um, are part of the team now, which is a huge difference. Yeah. 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 So they're important. Yeah, for sure. And in (laughs) like so many ways that, that layer architecture and strengthen architecture and vice versa. Right. Yeah. So, and there's so much overlap and correlation between architecture and interior design. I don't know. I've known Mm -hmm. so many people that have done their undergrad in interior design Mm -hmm. and gone into their master's in architecture or Mm -hmm. architects that have become interior designers. Like it's very fluid between the two, but they're also different enough that you kind of want the whole encapsulated scope of all of it. Yes. So it's nice to have that all under one roof together. Yeah. 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 And And offer that to your clients as a whole package a hundred percent yeah so so with all our projects we actually say we're going to do the architecture and interior design together yeah and so many times i feel like clients will want the architecture done but then think maybe the interior design they can either do themselves Mm -hmm. or maybe don't value (laughs) the interior design as much Mm -hmm. which i see Mm -hmm. a lot unfortunately Mm -hmm. but we try to work with architects that really encourage the like working with interior designers too because yeah it's very important. No, so for important, sure. Especially when you're doing something custom architecturally yeah. to like not finish off the entire entirety in the function and like the ergonomics and everything of the inside is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not, it just isn't worth it. Yeah. And like somebody who's trained in interior design versus architecture just looks at space very differently. Yeah. Right. And, and having them work together, just, it creates a different product at the end of the day that, 
the architect couldn't have thought of, but the interior designer couldn't have thought of either, yeah, right? So, other. yeah, exactly. And to create that, like, more more richer, kind of, like, more layered spaces. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, so you have about three interior designers, mm-hmm. and then the rest would and be And then architects. the rest are architects are, like, going through their intern architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So can you talk just a little bit about um, the types of projects that you work on? Like the scale of the projects? Is it more residential or commercial? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd say like a majority of our projects are residential or like second homes. Mm -hmm. So whether they're primary residences or cottages, you know, that that sort of um, scale. Um, And we work a lot in terms of... uh, heritage homes, yes. um, restoration, as well as new builds. So mm-hmm. we kind of like cross all that. I love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, we're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then like housing has always been kind of a topic that I've been interested in. So we do also, you know, alternative housing options in terms of laneway homes or multi-unit infill, uh, infill projects, that sort of scale, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, the whole housing topic we could get into but <laughs> yes no and I appreciate um, that you I noticed on your website you say like you take on projects of all different scales mm-hmm. which is very nice and yeah important yeah, yeah. I would say definitely definitely I, and I think there's that's um you know having access to architects for anyone yeah. should be available because good design makes good homes makes, yeah. you know like it's yeah. like a whole like yeah and like you know building something that's going to last like a thousand times longer you for know, sure is more sustainable more sustainable exactly yeah 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 um so we do a lot of residential and then we have like a smaller amount of um whether that's commercial or sort of like we have a hotel project that's been going through spa for about 10 billion years right. but like <laughs> that's sort of like just different uh scale projects as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I know you were you were saying like when you started your own company you wanted to have that more like personal level with mm-hmm. people so do you mm-hmm. find that you have that now that you do in residential yeah, yeah definitely definitely I think working you know working in development you're not working with the end user you're working with a business yeah. right which is like a very different you know conversation and mm-hmm. you know the way you design is very different Versus now we're working with the people that are going to use the spaces. And that's like a whole other, you know, conversation in terms of design, but also in terms of like best use and like market, like you end up talking about the real estate market Mm -hmm. and what that means when they're putting a certain amount of money into their, into their homes. Um, but also like, just like the kind of like emotional conversations that can happen around personal homes. (laughs) Or if you're doing a cottage or like a more historic renovation, it's like, can be much more sentimental and things that you might want to salvage or keep or things that meant a lot to someone. Mm -hmm. If if it's a family home that's been passed down, even like, I just find that so fulfilling. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say right now is like your favorite part of being an architect oh my god that's a hard question that's a very hard question (laughs) um I mean one of the things that I really love about this profession is just like the variety of hats you have to put on right and which for me keeps it interesting all the time like it's not every day is just so different whether you're designing one day or like doing you know budgets and financial analysis another day versus you know 
talking with the structural engineer another day and you're you're talking about physics you know what I mean yeah, so I like just like you're liaising between like all of the other yeah. professionals in the industry like yeah and you have to know like same for interior designers like you just have to know so much about so many things mm-hmm. exactly and like exactly you're speaking with like all the different experts in their mm-hmm. expert fields but you still have to know enough to, to like to be able to, able to and to put your your kind of like two cents in yeah right? so i think i think it's like the diversity of the hats that we put on yeah. is keeps me really engaged and interested in it like but, always learning yeah and and like to that point is like it's like you are constantly learning like this job never ends and and like you know st- like never. it's funny like <laughs> my colleagues and my staff will be like well you know the answer i was like actually i don't like I don't i'm, I'm figuring things out like i'm figuring out this business as i do yeah. business right like so and that's such a good mindset because yeah. i feel like some people might not feel like that right yeah and you're never gonna grow if you don't keep learning yeah exactly <laughs> or think that you know exactly. everything already yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's and like... i'm sure your staff appreciate that you're honest you know? <laughs> maybe not knowing something because mm-hmm. you're more approachable probably that way too but so yeah. <laughs> i would say i would yeah i would respect that as an no, thanks. Yeah. um okay so i wanted to just ask you maybe a little bit more about the cottage country area because mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. um that's where i work and that's mm-hmm. what I have some questions about yeah um but yeah i also worked in commercial design before i moved back up north i'm from perry sound originally okay. But I went to Ryerson for four yeah. years. Now it's TMU. Yeah. But on my degree, it says Ryerson. <laughs> um, and then I lived abroad for a little bit, but then I came back and was working in Toronto um, at a commercial firm. Right. Right before COVID happened. Nice. <laughs> so I was like right downtown, looked yeah. like I was like living life, mm-hmm. enjoying it. It was great. And then COVID hit and I was like right downtown. Oh God. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, this is yeah, like yeah. crazy. And my boss was, honestly, I loved the people I worked with, like great company, but yeah. I ended up moving up to our family cottage on Georgian Bay mm. for like all of 2020. And then I started, then I started the podcast and was like really talking to people about their cottage history and like emigration to the area. And it Mm -hmm. just like fascinated me. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wait a second, can I like live here all the time? Cause I'm going to have to go back to Toronto if I stay at this job. So I got a job doing cottage design in cottage country. I was Mm -hmm. like, this is perfect. I want to stay here. So now I'm like living there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. But I can come to Toronto whenever I want. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Okay. Here, let me just get my questions up. Okay. So I know there was like at least one project that you would, you did in cottage country, which was really interesting. Um, but what areas have you worked in mm-hmm. in cottage country? In cottage country? Um, which is a huge area. Yeah. I was going to like, oh. so, uh, we're, we've done work in Lake of Bays area, which mm-hmm. is like more like east. Dorset area. Yeah. 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 So we have a couple projects there. Um, sort of like. Lake Joseph mm-hmm. area. I haven't done like Rosso or Muskoka, but um, sort of there. We're doing another project right now that's wrapping up construction up um, McKellar area. Okay, yeah, yeah Man- Lake Manitowoc. Yeah. Um, so kind of just dispersed, sprinkled, everywhere. sprinkled everywhere. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then you have a lot of other projects more in the GTA area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've done we've done a couple of projects in Collingwood as well. GTA being like, yeah, the core, but also in the outskirts as well in terms of Oakville, Prince mm-hmm. Edward County, yeah. like 
west east so yeah and then we have like bc projects too so oh yeah because yeah, i saw on your website i was looking this morning that you're registered mm-hmm. in ontario and bc yeah which is cool. yeah That's yeah. yeah so yeah. so yeah we have like a house in vancouver doing um a couple projects in golden bc right yeah yeah so it's uh yeah cool fun yeah <laughs> so interesting mm-hmm. um okay so i just want to talk a little bit about like your design process and maybe sure. more a little bit about the sustainability side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe can you just briefly explain what your design process is like? That's probably, that's also a loaded question. Like, <laughs> there's so many stages. So many, yeah, yeah, so many aspects to it. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. maybe can we specifically talk more about like the sustainable side of your design process? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, I think in terms of our design process in general is like, I kind of think there's three main buckets that drive a project, right? One, one is, um, the budget. Like I, I wholeheartedly like to understand budgets and financials and what the client is able to kind of invest in the property. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is, uh, the site itself, right? Yeah. Those aspects, again, I can't change where the site is, the orientation. So really understanding, you know, how the sun tracks and the wind and the views and all that stuff, um, really inform the direction we go in. And then the third is like the, the client's needs and wants, right? So all three of those buckets are like things basically out of our control, but form the basis of like the product we can come up mm. with at the end of the day. Right? It's like the constraint box you're working in. Yeah, they exactly. Change those things. Exactly. Yeah. And like, to me, a successful project at the end of the day is like, if we can hit all of those buckets. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, like what are those like diagrams with the circles, the Venn diagrams, yes, like the, the middle, like yeah. if we can kind of hit that middle target, that to me is successful. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so like that's kind of like high level. And then layered on top of that is, um, I think the, the idea of like the five senses in which to me, that's what, um, sustainable translates. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, not only is it visually appealing, which I think we always like base design on like the visual, like the glossy magazine photo. Sure. That. That's what Let's, most people think that we only do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, how does the space actually feel? Like not only, um, when you enter into space, like the thermal comfort mm-hmm. of the space, right. Which translates to the mechanical systems, the amount of insulation, um, the, the windows and the orientation of it. Is it letting in enough sunlight or not enough sunlight? Mm-hmm. Is it too much direct sunlight? You know, all those aspects, um, you know, how the space feels like tactily right what are the materials that you're actually using um and i think it's human nature to actually gravitate towards more organic materials and so you know as designers you can start to select you know where those materials come from and where they're sourced from yeah right and you know what's the carbon footprint of bringing those materials in the whole life cycle yeah (laughs) exactly um and then you know sound acoustically are we actually creating spaces that sound good and Mm. i'm sure you've been in a space where there's so much reverb and echoing that it's actually uncomfortable to Mm. be in um so it's like hitting up all all the five senses to me if we can kind of take the design and look at it from that perspective, those five perspectives. And in some ways we can touch upon whether a space is sustainable right. at the end of the day. Right? That was such a good explanation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never heard someone explain it in that way. Yeah. Which is really great. 
Well, I think it goes back to like the like human centered design. Yes. Right. Like sustainability is this kind of really broad term. It's huge. Yeah. It's like huge. Is the lake water fresh and you know like like, yeah yeah exactly so like but I think if you can like translate it back to being human centered I think especially for our clients they better understand it because they can relate to it yeah right it's not this abstract thing of sustainability but it's actually like oh it affects me personally Mm -hmm. when I design that space so yeah that was a great explanation no that just makes so much sense when you break it down like that yeah 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 and I did notice um a few of your architects or designers mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm-hmm. on on what I was looking on your site um are passive home certified mm-hmm. so is that something mm-hmm. that you try to incorporate as well yeah yeah so um I think it was I'm trying to remember it's a pretty year. new concept like the certification process I assume yeah I think for North America, for North America. it's more of a <laughs> European yeah, yeah yeah so so I mean a bunch of I think half our office went through the passive house course um I can't remember if it was last year or the year before but um no maybe it's two years ago it was during deep COVID you're like yeah. I need something to work on yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, well there was like a want and a drive yeah. from from Probably everybody as well which is great and so so not to say that we passive house certify all our projects but mm-hmm. the concepts around passive house is so important yeah. and I think like you can you can design things to be like passive house leaning mm-hmm. to incorporate the concepts of passive house to create a kind of like more sustainable sure. home can yeah. you maybe just people who are listening who don't mm-hmm. know what passive homes are or passive yeah. homes certified can you just maybe break it down really quick oh man um basics so Passive house is like a certification where if your home is kind of like passive house certified, then it basically classifies your home as being like very sustainable from uh, from different aspects, from energy use, um, the type of materials being used, how you're mechanically ventilating and heating and cooling spaces. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like orientation is super key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like to to kind of qualify it there's like some deep formulas that you actually have to like calculate in terms of like window openings and walls and the r value like yeah. it's very 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 technical yeah. yeah so so it's understandable if like not every project can actually be as you say certified mm-hmm. but if you're using mm-hmm. these concepts mm-hmm. the, that's that almost applies. just as good <laughs> yeah yeah like i mean like i guess it's like it it just ensures that you're thinking through those steps, right? Yeah. When you're designing yeah. to ensure that you're doing it smartly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And would you say, like, obviously orientation is super key. So, mm-hmm. like, just in layman's terms for people mm-hmm. to understand, maybe, when you're designing, like, the orientation of your cottage, mm-hmm. let's say it's south-facing, Yeah. What would, you, what would you say is, like, most important when you're... Designing so that, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's there's sort of like this, I want to say, trend to like throw glass on every wall of a cottage right now. Right? Oh, sorry, not in this, it's not in passive home, but just generally. Oh, just in just general? general? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, in terms of like orientation, like, oh no, sorry, keep going with what you were saying. I was just wondering, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if you were saying like, 
people are adding glass in the process of homes, but you're just saying generally the trend right now is to have yeah. glass Yeah, so I'll, I will connect okay. it back to orientation. Go on. But, like, so... Okay, so yeah, so like there's kind of like this like trend with especially like mo- mo- I'm air quoting modern yeah. cottages to like just throw like floor to ceiling glass everywhere, right? But then if you actually think about it in terms of sustainability or passive house, however you want to classify it, um, if you're facing south, that's basically like your sun is tracking into your cottage all day long, right? Which basically means all that sun is coming into your home and it's going to heat up your house enormously Mm -hmm. in which case you're like okay let's put an ac unit and then like just blow cold air which is using up energy um to cool your home right Mm -hmm. so but if you don't necessarily put floor to ceiling windows everywhere and you consider things like roof overhangs in order to provide some shade and sort of like not allow that direct sunlight into your home, then you're, you're sort of passively cooling your home or keeping your home cool so that your dependency on mechanically, um, heating or cooling your house is lessened, which would reduce your energy use and footprint on this earth. Right. So, so that is like some of that, that's why it's called passive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're, you're looking for design solutions so that you don't have to like actively counteract um you know solar heat gain or wind or whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> no exactly and it works in the reverse too in the winter mm-hmm. exactly to have like your floor as the thermal <clears throat> mass mm-hmm. that's then yeah the, i guess like the distance of your overhang mm-hmm. is enough that it stops the sun coming in exactly. in the summer but in the winter when it's lower it allows the, the sun, sun to come in. in heats your thermal mass and exactly does the reverse where you don't need yeah. as much heating yeah, yeah. and that's kind of like the Lake Joseph cottage that we did is yeah. is a primary example of that where it is basically south facing um lot and you know you want to capitalize on the views right so there there are kind of like big expansive glazing but it's not a hundred percent of that wall is glazing and then we do have sort of like an extensive 10 foot cantilever that's sort of um going out to the south and what that does is like we, we had to do kind of like sun shadow studies in order to make sure that the amount of cantilever we have did this, but it, it blocks the direct sunlight during the summer. But then during the winter months, it allows the sunlight in. And what we found now that it's been built for a number of years is in the wintertime when it's not in use, they, you know, they turn down the heat. Um, but at the same time, the sun that's coming in keeps it at a very nice ambient, like 12, 13 degrees all through the all winter. Through winter. Wow. So it, it's sort of like, it's not depending on like mechanically heating it as much as it would need to. Right? Yeah. 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 That's like the perfect example. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's a project I wanted to speak about just a little bit mm-hmm. more because what was the quote that you had in here that I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> I was like, I so relate to this. Um, you said that this um, Lake Joseph cottage is in response to both site condition, mm-hmm. which is one of the three buckets you said, yeah. key, along with the pro- programmatic needs. Mm-hmm. And the cottage was an exercise in finding an alternative to the bigger is better trend that is currently dominating cottage design. Yeah. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. I yeah. agree. Um, can you speak just a little bit about that bigger is better trend? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
I guess there's definitely, you know, when you say cottage this day and age, it it means like Lakeside it, Mansion, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like there, there's like mean. there's kind of like two extremes, right? You still have the families who like a cottage, cottage is like a little cabin in the woods, and it's very respectful to, you know, its surroundings and context, which I think inherently that's where cottaging started, right? Like you're there to be in in the woods or the lake or enjoying that kind of, um, landscape that, that we are so lucky to have in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, but this day and age cottaging has become this whole other beast, right? Where it is literally a mansion on the lake, um, to be able to, you know, do whatever you want, but you've plunked yourself. You just happen to plunk yourself on the most beautiful landscape in the world and just, will just like tear down all the trees and put a lawn down because that's what I want, you know, like that sort of attitude. So, so when designing this cottage, you know, yes, obviously there are sort of like 21st century amenities and, and needs and wants that are present this day and age now, like lifestyles are very different. Um, totally acknowledge that, but like, how can we do that still in a very respectful way to the landscape? Yeah. Like as best as we possibly can. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That balance. Yeah. So what would you say were some ways that you respected the property? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so there was a very conscious decision. So this, this property is lakeside. So mm-hmm. with a lot of, um, Muskoka lakeside properties, it is like a, a pretty, you know, it's hilly down towards the water. Right. So dealing with that kind of grade change, we were very, I think, strategic in, in, from the outset saying we're not blasting. Okay. Right. So I think, I think there's also this trend to be like, Oh, it's not a flat piece of land. Let's just like blast all the rock away right yeah and with, in some instances i get it like i think you know the train needs to you know be massaged a bit but but we were very very cautious in saying like you know what it is steep it is a hill but like what can we do with it and how can we actually use it to our advantage at the oh, end of the yeah. day i think you can yeah. use it to your advantage. yeah exactly exactly so i think that was um sort of like the primary or one of the first moves we were just very cautious of saying you know this earth is here. Let's just use it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, Let's work I think there's like conditions. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and that sort of, um, I guess translated in terms of like the plan and the design in terms of like a, a sunken living room that, that kind of followed the landscape a little bit so that we were trying to get the, the floor levels kind of closer to grade as possible. So it didn't feel like you're up high and raised up, but, um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's just so important. And also just like back to the heating and cooling, you left like as many trees as you possibly could, which in turn then helps keep it cooler. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The contractor, you know, really wanted to like take away trees to make, to make it easier for themselves, which I totally get. Like I understand like, um, just for like site logistics and access, but we were like, be like, you can't touch these trees. And so we do actually have a lot of older growth trees, you know, closer to the cottage. Um, and so from the get go, you know, on move in day, it just felt like you're still part of the landscape. Yeah. Like the landscape didn't change too much from the, yeah initial insertion of this architecture Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. it a vacant lot or was there something no there there was there was an old um little bunkie there that was like it was 
falling apart. Derelict. Like there was, there was like mushrooms growing inside of it. <laughs> so and that's like, that's like a good case of something that isn't mm-hmm. useful anymore. Yeah. Cause some, like one of my biggest things is like, okay, like if we can renovate it, let's renovate it. Yes, it's exactly. It's still viable. Yeah. But there does come a point where it's like, we can't do it anymore. Yes. We have to just build new and build yeah. it well and sustainable sustainable and durable yeah yeah and that's we, a better outcome mm-hmm, definitely yeah. and we did actually look at in the beginning we did look at you know the viability of renovating it and but it was going to be like it was so derelict and there would have been so much work we're like we're pretty much you know building a new cottage but trying to work around like one yeah. old beam and like yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't as viable as yeah. we thought yeah that's always a challenge like for just for me personally because i just yeah. love history i know that i'm like yeah. oh i don't want to down yeah yeah but there's, there's like a tipping point yeah, yeah i feel like it's like yeah this like balance mm-hmm. just like no we have to yeah <laughs> like, come on you take it yeah down. yeah yeah totally yeah that's so cool um i'm just thinking if there was anything else about that cottage that we could talk about mm. <laughs> or if there's anything like super interesting that you did in that design um, I guess we kind of talked about like the overhangs and the sun mm-hmm. kind of, um, we also decided to like, there's like a deck that, uh, sort of, I guess is along the front or the lake side of the, mm-hmm. of the cottage, which instead of just like having columns come down, we actually like brace them back. Okay. Right. And that was like a strategy to, for a couple things is like reduce again, the footprint that the cottage actually touches onto the land. Okay. Right. So like the deck cantilevers out 10 feet. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, it would have been, you know, cheaper and easier to just have columns come straight down. Right. right? But that would have meant clearing more trees and then the sort of like given footprint that this cottage kind of like sits on is like much bigger. Right. Right. right, right so right. we actually had our structural engineer Blackwell, like, um, design these braces that pin back to the foundation walls. And oh, so the whole okay. deck, the 10 foot deck, like cantilevers. And then, so that way we were able to save more trees mm-hmm. surrounding the cottage. Um, just because the area that you have to excavate is less. Um, totally. but then it also like lightens up the cottage a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like how just it visually, visually yeah. yeah, sits on the land. Yeah. And it's, is it, it's kind of like tucked in some trees and like yeah, how, I guess how far apart from the shore were you allowed to be? So we were the 66 yeah. feet. Yeah. The right. standard. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the corner, the outer corner of the cottage is kind of like at that minimum. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then it kind of goes back from there. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. And if people want to take a look at these photos, mm-hmm. where can they find them? Um, so they're on my website, yeah. <laughs> um, Um Yeah, and they'll <laughs> find it there under like the residential I think, yeah. column. And I'll have this all linked in the blog post too if anyone wants to find her website just to take a look. Awesome. It's a very good website. It's very visually appealing. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> yeah, very easy to understand. The yeah. flow is good. Um, okay, so maybe we can talk, just like jump into a little bit of the historical renovation parts. I know that we touched on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but my two main loves, which I talk about in this podcast, is more sustainable design and yeah. also like historical restoration because I just think it's so important. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just so much like, 
love and history in these old buildings that yeah. um, a lot of people just want to take them down. Yeah. And they don't want to take them down if they don't have to. Yes. 100%. <laughs> so I guess just like, like we were talking about like this balancing tipping mm-hmm. point between mm-hmm. keeping buildings or building new, mm-hmm. like how do you manage historical projects? Like do clients come to you with a historic home in Toronto and say, is this something we can renovate? Is it mm-hmm. salvageable? Mm-hmm. How do you manage that? Yeah. So, so a lot of the time clients will sort of ask us, uh, for the kind of like our opinion or feasibility yeah. on like, you know, is this a renovation or is this, you know, like we can't salvage anything. And, and I think going back to the bucket, is a, it depends on what they're trying to achieve with the property. Right. Um, and in my mind, if we can salvage it, why wouldn't we? Yeah. Right. Like, I think that's just like less landfill, you know, reduces the amount of products we need to use on a build. Um, so where we can, we would try to salvage it, whether it's historical or not, yes. to be honest, like yes. sometimes if it's not kind of classified, um, historical, we would still, or heritage, we would still try yeah. to, um, especially because, you know, our, our, our country and our architecture is not very old No, and it's getting like completely lambest, like killed every, yeah. every turn. Right. So, you know, to preserve some of our Canadian history, we kind of have to preserve the architecture that goes with oh, it. Oh yeah. Right? 100%. So, um, so we will take a, a feasibility look at it and at a project and sort of like make an assessment of whether it makes sense or not. Sometimes financially, you know, it can get to the point where, preserving something is is more of a financial impact than mm-hmm. not right because you're you have to kind of like be very intentional and the contractor has to be good and you're kind of like stitching new with old which can be very difficult and if you run into any issues yes. which is like 100% going to happen yeah, with an exactly. old building then that exactly. can just really eat away at your budget yeah exactly so you know um you know making sure the homeowner is aware of the risks and associated with with preserving as well is is part of the sort of process um but yeah, like I think we've, I think we've done a, a number of projects now where we've been pretty successful in you know taking an older home that was built you know over a hundred years ago and marrying it with um, a form and a flow and a you know a, a floor plan that allows us to live in this kind of 21st century, right? Which is like very different from when these houses were built. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they like didn't have electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or closet space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like the floor plan was just totally um, separate. Yeah, and, like exactly. The exactly. whole yeah, the whole way that people live was not so different. So different. Yeah, like actually, <laughs> I mean. Everybody in your podcast can't see this, but we're, we're in our dining room and there's these two niches and these were actually doors to the butler's pantry. Okay. Before, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and access to there was, you know, this was all closed off because this is like the formal dining room yeah. and like the butler would go in there and come out these doors to mm-hmm. serve the homeowners. Or so you, it was just totally different. Yeah. And there may be like an indi- additional set of staircases in the back that was yeah. for the yeah service. service. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who has that anymore? Yeah. Not, not as many people as yeah. used to be. Yeah. Um, but we want to kind of like highlight preserve. that. No, it looks and great. kind of like, yeah. Yeah. We're sitting in Vanessa's 
I guess you would, do you call this your dining room? Yeah. Dining room. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, actually, can you just talk like a little bit about how you renovated your own home? Yeah. Because we're here now and it's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we were like, you know, shoemaker's daughter, like very tight budget. <laughs> And we had a young family and so, and you know, we wanted to preserve a lot of this. So a lot of the mm-hmm. doors, like the big pocket door and everything, the trim, that's all original. original. Okay. Um, what year was this home originally built? This was, uh, early 1900s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the staircase original. And so we did a lot of like, you know, tightening up with the staircase cause it was super creaky and like we did, you know, restain all the old doors and trim. And this is actually the original hardwood floor that we found under some like green Linoleum shaggy, shaggy carpet. Oh, okay. Yeah. The whole house was like shag carpet. Yeah. It was like amazing nice. Nice. in some ways. Um, and, and it's not, it's not perfect. Right. But we were like, you know what? It's that's, that's the I fun of it. Right. Perfect. Like yeah. it's, yeah. And like nothing is plumb in line, but that's kind of the charm of it. Right. So, a lot of scribing in this place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then it's like, and then marrying it with like a bit more of a contemporary yeah. kind of finishes and feel and, you know, making the kitchen basically twice as big because the kitchens back then were tiny mm-hmm. um, and making it, you know, usable for a family of five. <laughs> and then can you describe so. like, well, this room that we're in, can you mm-hmm. describe the interior design? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, so the dining room is basically like all the walls are lined in a, uh, sapil, which is, it looks like teak almost, but it's more sustainable. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so like the vibe we were going for was a little bit like, like old cigar room, a little, like really warm, um, wood finish. Uh, yeah. Just to like warm it up and because the rest of the house is pretty like, clean and white um in terms of its finishes but this room especially because of the big bay window that faces the street we want it to be a little bit like cozier make it feel a little bit cozier because we are incredible (laughs) pretty much floor to ceiling bay window and you've got i don't know like 20 plants yeah (laughs) my my covid jungle yeah yeah like we love it in here (laughs) yeah Thank you so much for letting us live here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're so yeah. good. <laughs> but the plans actually give us a little bit of visual buffer too when people are walking down the street. Actually, like this room wouldn't feel the same with all the plans. Yeah, yeah. completely. Like it's actually completely. really adds to yeah. the room. Yeah. <laughs> what do you see most when you're doing old homes? Like what, mm-hmm. what are the main challenges or like what mm-hmm. are things that are often needing to be fixed? Yeah. Like, what's the most, what's the biggest thing? Oh, my God. <laughs> One of, I mean, I think especially when you're, so a lot of the times when we're dealing with the historic homes, we are stripping out all the structure on the interior, right? Yeah. And we're sort of, like, leaving the facades um, as, like, almost like a shell. Yeah. And then everything on the inside is new, like new floor joys, new yeah. walls and everything like that. Um, I mean, one of the challenges is always going to be, you know, the hundred year old walls are never straight or plumb and the construction strategies used back then are like sometimes a little bit ad hoc and yeah. The and wild I feel like West. you won't know which way the joists actually run until you open it up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so especially when you're you're trying a lot of the time we're trying to like get into permit right away and like fast track 
to get into construction right away because homeowners are holding, you know, the home. Um, we're kind of making assumptions of like what that construction is. And then when we actually get like shoveled to the ground and start demoing, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is not at all what we assumed it is. Right. Yeah. And then also like making up for, you know, I think we had one wall, wall in McKenzie, the mm-hmm. McKenzie project where the wall was like from front to back was like six inches off. Right. Which six inches in, so like everything offered in six inches and then, but six inches in, can start to make a difference in plan layouts yeah. and how tight rooms start to feel, especially oh, yeah. like washrooms. You lose six inches. That can, that be, can be huge. Yeah. 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 So, so it's like that constant kind of like rejigging as you're going in through construction can be, um, I think frustrating for the homeowner in some ways. Cause they're like, but you made this like perfect plan. Why isn't it perfect? And you're like, well, the house is like, totally not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> or, or in one case we opened up the wall to like underpin the basement and literally the corner of the house was just floating and the foundation wall had crumbled away. Who knows when? And we were all like, get out of the house. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Right. And then you end up, you know, fixing that foundation wall took like an additional month. Yeah. Um, so throwing off timelines. So it, it is those kind of like pink elephants that you like find as you open up. Yeah. Things. Yeah. And also, I know I've seen a few old homes, which this is pretty common, but you know, like the foundations aren't poured concrete because yes, they didn't have like that. Rubble. They're just like rubble. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. how do you calculate rubble as like yeah. a structural element? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know it's standing. Yeah. Exactly. There. Yeah. yeah. And it hasn't fallen down. And so it's, it's been there for a hundred years, but it's yeah. like one of those things. Like if you remove one brick, yeah. Is exactly. that like the one like kingpin like holding it together? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. you just never know. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah. And I totally understand what you're saying with the clients. You know, they're like, this plan's perfect. Yeah. Like, how, how, like what's happening? Yeah. But yeah. the whole thing, I feel like so much of our job is just like client expectations, just like maintaining that and like 100%. letting them know what's happening and being super transparent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. saying like, this is going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be highs. We're going to yeah. be lows. We're going to make it through. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. don't get discouraged. Yeah. We'll figure it out. And I think we're like 99% problem solvers. Oh yeah. Cause there's 100%. always we're problem something solvers. happening. Yeah. yeah all the time <laughs> exactly the design is really a solution right yeah. at the end of the day to to whatever issue or problem puzzle. Yeah. yeah yeah um and but i think also that's the fun of it right like especially yeah. with heritage homes like the end results that you get after all that kind of roller coastering is like you would never be able to replicate that no as a new build never home, right like ever ever so and it just doesn't have that same like yeah exactly exactly so i think you know i think giving the clients the warnings and like the updates and like almost over communicating about the the concerns that can come up um and like making sure they're kind of in for the ride Mm -hmm. right at the end of the day right um because it can be fun. Yeah. Right. It can be fun, but it's like they're prepared for it. Yeah. If they know what to expect, Mm -hmm. I think they Mm -hmm. can be more fun. But if, if we don't communicate Mm -hmm. that to them and all these things happen and then they freak out, then we're like, Ooh, yeah, we know this is going to happen, but you've never done this. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So yeah, (laughs) that can be, I think that's very, like very important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is there any questions you have for me? 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's like... <laughs> Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I, love it. I love it so much. I can tell. I think. I feel like you're yeah. like you're like this is this yeah. is my jam. This is my it. jam. I love it. Yeah. I just love people so much. Like mm. I love meeting new people. I mm-hmm. love seeing people's faces and how they live and like mm-hmm. what like really ticks their box. Like. Yeah. I love the environment. I love where yeah. I live up north. And I think it's just really important that we take all of that into consideration when we're designing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be the person that just, like, doesn't consider the landscape. Yes. Or, like, doesn't cons- like just doesn't consider these things. Because, mm-hmm. especially cottage country, like, I don't want to just plop something on the site and say, oh, here, the interior's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to love then, the interior. Yeah, exactly. But it has no relationship Ship to the plan. The context, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And exactly. just, like, I've talked to, t- talked to a lot of people about, like, planning, and I've talked to, like people from the archipelago, which is another district, mm-hmm. um, on Georgian Bay, just about, um, like zoning regulations oh and, oh my God. and, <laughs> and like how we can be better that way. Yes. Like there's just, for sure. There's so many factors that go into a building or a mm-hmm. home that isn't just like my scope of interior design. Like I work, yeah. like we work with just like so many different people. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah no, sure. I, I just learned, I've been learning a lot. And it's yeah. Really oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just yeah. passed my NCIDQ exams last oh, week. So now I'm fully registered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like doing that while working in residential is so much harder because it's oh, yeah. like half of it is all commercial. Yeah. So yeah, I, like, yeah. I need to do this now. I just want to say thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. No love what you're doing. Love what you're putting thank out you. there. I feel very aligned with your um, design process. Oh, thanks. I like, totally agree. So. But it's also time. amazing what you're doing because I think there aren't enough conversations between professionals to like, I feel like the old guard, like the old way of like guarding all our secrets is yeah. kind of like far, far. I'm trying to break those boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't help our profession at no. the end of the day. So like having these very open conversations and like putting it out there. And is we can so really great. learn from each other. Yeah. I don't want to ever like hold my cards to my chest and yes. say like, I'm never going to share my exactly. process. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't think it helps anybody. Who does that help? Yeah. 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 And then our profession at the end of the day is stronger because mm-hmm. we're kind of like well sharing, right? Yeah. Yeah, but thank you so much. And thank okay, you. Where can we find you if people want to find you? Oh. I know you said your website. Oh, I was gonna say like my address. Oh no, 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 no! I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> um, no, I'm not gonna come knock on your door. Sorry, no, I mean like your website, your Instagram. Oh yeah. Okay, so our website is vf-a.com, and our Instagram handle is vfarchitects. Want to check? I might want to check that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll link, this, I'll link like, this all in the show notes for people to click on too. Awesome. Um, so, sorry. You think I know this? <laughs> VF Architect. VF Architect. Yeah, is okay, our perfect. Instagram handle. Perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. So thank excited you. to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. We'll sign thank off. You. <laughs> Just a note to say thank you so much to the King Family Bursary and the Georgian Bay Land Trust who have funded season two of Rewind Design. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode. I so appreciate every single listener that tunes in, every single reader that reads the blog, rewinddesign.ca. 
best thing you can do for me to support me in this journey is to either follow along on Spotify, Apple Music, or whichever platform you listen to, click that follow button. The second best thing you can do is share this podcast to your friends and family. If anyone you know might be interested, just forward this along to them and tell them to take a take a listen or take a peek at my website. And if you're interested in supporting me further, I also have a Patreon account where you can donate $5 a month to the podcast and a portion of that will also go to the Georgian Bay Land Trust and that is patreon.com slash rewind design. No pressure to do any of that. I'm just so happy if you're listening to this and if you love cottage country and Georgian Bay and Muskoka as much as I do. So thank you again so much and stay tuned for another episode in three weeks. Bye! Bye!